Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Welcome to today's Voice of Hope. Chris Sasser here. And today we are going to take a look back into the Voice of Hope archives and listen to a conversation that Troy and I had early in the life of the show and the ministry, just to give you a little bit of a picture of what exactly is this thing called a Voice of Hope. So enjoy this conversation with me and Troy. So Troy, let's let's talk about hope because um, you know I know folks, some folks have been listening to us for a while and kind of know what's going on, and um, some folks don't. But you you have been kind of thinking about sort of this idea of a voice of hope, and there's kind of some background to what we're doing here. So why don't you take a few minutes to to share some of that with people? So the uh, we'll get to a little bit about you know what is just the word of hope. Uh, what does it actually mean? And it's one of those words where uh, through the years when I read. Um, some of the fruits of the spirit. When I read a little bit about uh, faith, I, I tend to want to interchange the word faith and hope. And so um, I would just encourage everyone listening that it's a good kind of uh, study to, to, to kind of dive into and really learn the difference for yourself as to what those two things mean. Um, and so kind of how I um, understand those two words has been um just something that occurred to me actually on the way over here today. Um, and I'm still searching this word hope, uh, because I think it's so, so, so important in my life, probably more than ever, just in that, what we're, uh, what we feel like we are all are experiencing right now in, in this time of life, um, which we'll talk about, uh, in a session or two away. Um, but, but the word hope, um, this is kind of where I am when it comes to faith. I look at faith as being this set of beliefs and strong, um, strong set of principles that's kind of like more up inside my head. And then when I think of the word hope, I think more of the, the word uh, or just the heart, the feeling, the emotions and the conviction of something that I want to see or see happen. Um, so when it comes to a verse in First Corinthians thirteen three, you see these three words, faith, hope, and love. Abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So as I was thinking about those three words, um, faith, hope, and love, hope is stuck right there in the middle. And I look at faith as being like the set of belief, these core uh, beliefs that we have that sometimes we're operating out of kind of just a belief that something's going to happen, although I may not actually feel it at that conviction level. And that's where I think hope, it's actually hope that kind of drives this set of faith principles to actually think about it, but feel it and be convicted about it. And then I look at that word love behind it. I'm like, wait a minute, love, love is an action. And so it can't just be from you know, love is not going to just transpire just because I know, quote, it's the right thing to do. That's a principle in my head or even a faith principle. But love is actually the action that happens from it. So when I think about hope, it's like hope is like the, the thing that drives this from my emotions, from my heart, 
to make this action happen. Now, all this has just come to And me. that is so good because I've obviously heard, you know, that verse for years and years and years and years. I've never, like, I've always thought of the three of them just sort of as independent. Right. And, and, and to think that, oh, wait a minute, they build on each other. Yeah. Faith is sort of what I believe and my convictions. Okay. And then because of what I believe in my convictions, I get this motivation and this drive through the hope of what God can do through me. And that expresses itself in love through the way that I love. Oh Man. my gosh. So, so this was just like, I mean, this is, in a sense, this is so fresh right now in my heart and my mind as, as you just said it even better than I did. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, like, wait a minute, this like, what's, what's really challenged right now, I think in our day and age amongst even believers, and I see this in the, the counseling office, it's this middle word. It's like, okay, they have a set, we have a set of, of principles. We know what God has said. We know that these are the things, quote, to believe. And they are at they are inside of us. But there's just this lack of, well, when's it going to happen? Or, when, you know, how do I get there? You know, and so here's a verse. Here's what's making me think that this middle word here is so pivotal upon a principle, and that's this. There's a verse that says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I was thinking about this yesterday, like, I don't think there's, there is no one, there is no one that's listening right now. There's no pastor. There's no great teacher. There's no any, there's no one that doesn't have a heart that's susceptible to the vulnerable or being vulnerable to our convictions at this emotional feeling level that, that is needed with our faith because we are challenged by so much heartache or just being human, we're susceptible. So if I go and my hope is deferred, my hope is deferred and my hope is deferred, what happens to the heart from where love is going to transpire from our conviction of faith is, is deferred. Like we, we become hopeless. We begin to feel like there's no, there's no help. And I think that's where we're being challenged. So I'm vulnerable to the fact that my heart can get sick. And here's another verse. Says, guard your heart, for from it flows the wellspring of life. So from this place in my heart that is so vulnerable that can get sick, I have to learn to guard it because it's the thing that transforms and moves towards this last word, which is the greatest of these is love. So if my beliefs, my convictions, and my faith, if it is short-circuited through losing and not protecting that heart, even my ability to love is going to be affected. And it's like, well, Jesus said, the, or Paul said, the greatest of these is love. So I just like, this is, I don't, I'm still learning mm-hmm. and still kind of looking at this word hope, but this is, it's a word that is like, if we had hope again in the areas of our lives that just feel like they're so challenged, I think it would move us and I would imagine that kind of in what you do in your counseling, that that in the counseling office, you just sort of see this play out right in front of you all the time with people because you're able to kind of talk to them about what's really going on. And and, and I'm sure you just see this hope deferred and this yes. sickness of heart all the time, right? I do. And a lot of times I'll find myself telling people um, with a real conviction, and I truly have this belief, guys, this is going to be better. This is going to be better. And so I'll 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 see that those that belief system faith it's it's welling up inside of me 
to, to really say to them with a confidence and a conviction and a feeling, this is hope right here, that, that the future is going to be better. And so it's like, this is the picture. Sometimes we just have to hold on to this. You know, we don't see them. Faith is the things that we hope for, hope for. What is that? We really, we got to put our feelings and beliefs in action to, to really believe that something is coming. And, and what I hear you describing that you do for people is, which all of us need to do for people in different ways, is you have to be literally the voice of hope for them when they don't have it. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, because we don't. We don't. I need that encouragement. Absolutely. I need to know sometimes, and I just was speaking with my siblings yesterday, and some of what was happening in our time together, um, my sister, one of my sisters just really stepped in, and and she became a voice that I needed to just have in that moment. And I felt so relieved because it was like in that moment, I didn't have to have that voice for me. I was searching to try to even find it, but somebody else was able to be that voice of hope to me. Yeah. I had the same situation last week. Something was going on with one of our kids and I I needed kind of a voice of hope called a good friend of mine and kind of vented for a few minutes and (laughs) and just, you know, again, I didn't have to muster up the voice for myself. He was able to be that voice to me. And uh, I think we all kind of need to to do that, which is exactly why this ministry is so critical. Right. You know, and also as you were saying that I was just actually thinking about Jesus, you know, the night that he went out and before his death and he asked his disciples to, to pray. And it's like, okay, you know, Jesus was both, was, was divine, but he was also man. And so it was like he needed in that vulnerable moment for his, his himself to feel strengthened, you know, and. And then they fell asleep. Right? And, they <laughs> fell asleep. and it's like, <laughs> man, it's like, you know, and I mean, if the story were written differently, you know, maybe he would have experienced, you know, the hope that came just from other people's support, but he too needed or desired to have voices of hope around him in that hard time. Yeah, I think that's great because obviously there are times when people need that voice of hope and when we don't feel like it's there, when we don't feel like we have the help, Mm -hmm. that's where it needs to come from Jesus through other people. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what what we're doing here. So, okay. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to just talk a little bit about kind of how this ministry began, what are some of the history. And um, over the next couple of episodes, we're going to talk about what are some of the plans for the future. So you're listening to A Voice of Hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, It's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. 
We are honored to share this journey together. Well, hello and welcome back to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall and Chris Sasser. And we are talking just a little bit about this word hope and about um, this ministry and uh, and show. And so, Troy, talk a little bit more just about some more kind of background thoughts around the word hope and what God's been doing in you over the years as we've been stepping into this. Yeah, I would just, you know, tag on just at the end of our time before the break. You know, I mentioned half of the verse, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But listen to this next part. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so, again, this is going to the whole idea of hope really puts the feet to feeling and emotion and conviction with what we believe that makes us feel like, gosh, there's a goodness and there's life that's developing. Um, so when I go back and just get, look at just my life and my call, you know, I grew up a pastor's kid and grew up in the church, um, but I was the wild child of, our, of the four of our in our home. I find that hard to believe, knowing you now. Anyway, <laughs> right. keep going. And it's still there in me if I'll let it out. But <laughs> but then there's, um, you know, this just the whole idea of, you know, where where is our hope and where does it come from? Um, Jesus called me out when I was uh, 1985, when I was 20 years old. You can do the math, but don't do it right now. And um, in that, I... Uh, I felt real cl- a real clear call, uh, and I know sometimes we don't like to use the word call because it kind of sends the message, well, I've never been called. And it doesn't. it's not an audible voice, but I think the, the call is for every man uh, and woman to, to hear the voice of God. And it, during that time, um, he told me something that was very clear, um, but it was very like, I can't tell anyone this because they'll think I'm crazy. So I didn't really talk a whole lot about what that call was. But I found myself uh, going to uh, Dallas Baptist University and thinking that I was going to be in church ministry, um, and that was the plan. And I ended up at a psychological psychology uh, uh, psychological hospital, um, and in that hospital, and that was not as a patient, um, but it was as to be working there. But one of the things that I had to, to do is to uh, go to Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous with other patients in the hospital. And when I walked into those meetings, I never forget thinking their lives seem to be so impacted truly on stopping a substance dependence here. And it's, this is not in a quote church setting. And that struck me as like, I've grown up in the church and I began to see people's lives change more than I ever saw in church life. And that really bothered me and confused me because I, you know, believed in this, this foundation that Jesus changes lives and he does. But during that time, and I I didn't ever doubt that, but I couldn't figure out why is Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, even in the books of research is like one of the most effective places where people actually quit an addiction and, and work a program that actually helps them do this. And so to me, that was like, one of the things in telling things in it is that when they walk into that environment, um, they talk about, you know, my name is, you know, and this is my problem. And they, they identify their problem to their, their self. And while I know that, that, you know, for the believer, it's not that our problems or our sins define us, they don't. It was just the owning up of a struggle. And I didn't see that happening in church life. It happened 
you know, maybe all people would go to a pastor and tell them their, their, their problems. And that's one of the reasons why I think pastors just sometimes feel so overloaded is because so much is coming to them in the burdens of people's lives. And so for me, it began to be like this value of being authentic and real in life with our problems is so, so important. Where there's a verse that says, confess your sins to one another so that what? You will be healed and pray for each other. And so I began to really have this longing to see people's, you know, belief system, their, their belief in God really transpire through the victories they have in life with issues. So that's kind of where I began in the sense of wanting it personally. Um, but then it moved on to uh, the counseling room, and I had never wanted to be a counselor at that time. I just wanted to go into ministry. And I went into ministry for 10 years at a church up in Cleveland after Texas and um, loved it, loved being in church ministry, um, loved doing the things that were involved in that, um, spending a lot of plates, you know, bouncing around in my 20s <laughs> and in my 30s. And um, so during that time, you know, I would have conversations with Kim and she would say, that's my wife, she would say, you're a counselor, you're a counselor. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to sit in a room you know, all day long. And so in 2003, when I jumped out of church ministry as a, as an associate pastor, um, I decided to, to, to start Agape Counseling. And we opened up an office in downtown Wilmington. And um, in that office, I began to work with people at a deeper level when it comes to the issues that cause them to lose hope in life. And so that has been going on since then, but there came a point where um, I really wanted to, to, to be effective in a bigger picture outside of the counseling room, uh, although I want to stay in the room as well. I want to get out of the room of counseling and offer hope to people on a broader scale from what we're doing today, and that's I can talk a little bit about how that actually developed. Yeah, well, I think that's just so critical because uh, oftentimes we can sort of get those of us who are in ministry, or if you're a believer and you believe you're called to to be a minister of the gospel wherever you are, you can kind of get narrowly focused and say, you know, this sort of um, the counseling room or the 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 mm -hmm. job I have is the only place that I'm going to be kind of offering this voice of hope or kind of sharing this. Where where I think sometimes maybe God's saying, hey, got a little more for you than that. Right. <laughs> there's more opportunities out yeah. there. And that sounds like what God said to you right. is, Hey, let, let's sort of take what, what God, what God's gifted you with mm -hmm. and kind of offer it to more people. It, yes. And it yeah. happened uh, with a, just a thought in January of 2019, uh, I was sitting somewhere and I started thinking, wow, I wonder if we ever could get, you know, if I could ever be a voice of hope on a radio, you know, and a podcast. Um, actually I was just thinking radio. I wasn't even thinking podcast. Um, but I just put the thought aside, um, didn't follow through with it. And actually, Chris, you were on my mind during that time. And um, so it came into June of 2019. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to take an action and make, you know, make a phone call to someone that I knew uh, in the radio uh, business. And I left a message. I went into uh, to do my work in a counseling in a, an office up in uh, Moorhead City, North Carolina. And when I got out of a couple sessions, I had a message waiting for me from the guy that I actually called. And he said, hey, I just want you to know, uh, when you called, I was in a meeting with the, the owners of the, the station, 
and just kind of ran this idea by them. And they're on board. They'd like to, to hear more about it. And so that's when I actually made the call to you, Chris. And I think I had actually said, hey, got something moving. I'm thinking about this. Are you interested? And you were, uh, you were game ready right then. Oh, yeah, because interestingly enough, the way God you know, was working in you of being able to, to have you know, a, a bigger voice, I think God's been kind of saying that to me for a long time, too, is I've, I've kind of obviously been working. Uh, I work you know, as a uh, family ministry pastor at Port City Community Church and just love what I get to do in kind of helping to, to help students and, and, and um, children, but really families and parents. And so I, I was on this journey where God had been, uh, like, like the phrase that was in, kind of in me that I had kind of realized what God had done kind of in me for all of my life in ministry, because I've been in full-time ministry now for 29 years, um, is equip and encourage. How that's what I have tried to do with people is to equip and encourage people along the way, which is essentially the same as being a voice of hope right. in some way. And so when you called and said, hey, uh-huh. you know, I have this idea, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's I think that's a great idea. I'd, I'd love to jump in on that. And we had had Troy cool. here at our church for a couple of parenting seminars. Right. And so I just sort of knew your depth and I knew right. what, what it was that you were bringing. I'm like, yeah, I'd that's, love to be a so part neat. of that. It's so neat. And this yeah. is just, I don't want to embarrass Chris here in this Don't moment, stop. but the fact is, is that Chris actually, if you know Chris, um, his whole demeanor is is so positive and so encouraging that I, it's like this guy has a voice of hope. Oh, thank you. And it comes out even in the radio parts of like, I'm not tech savvy. I don't have this uh, this voice of actually leading it. And sometimes I will, and I'm trying, but I'm like, Chris just has it naturally. Thank you. Yeah, it's really good. Thank you. Really so, good. yeah, so it's been kind of a, a fun journey. So, so, um, next time what we'll do is we'll talk about sort of, uh, the vision and take out of the mission and, and where voice of hope is going in the future, but let's just finish today uh, for a couple minutes with like, what, what has God done in you through these last, you know, what has it been maybe a year now that we've kind of been thinking about and talking about this or longer than that? What's God done in you as you have stepped into becoming a bigger voice of hope? I, honestly, he has, he's asked me regularly throughout this time, are you, Troy, a voice of hope? I mean, he has challenged me with this whole, this whole title of the ministry here that we've developed. And because it's like, I can't go out and be a voice of hope just on the radio, I need to be a voice of hope where I am. So it's personally challenged because sometimes I'm so analytical and and my call, I haven't really talked a whole lot about the specific words, but the call of my life was to point out, uh, is to help people with sin struggles. But when you bring up the word sin, it's not very, you know, it's not hopeful. (laughs) But here's the thing. It really is. Yeah, sure. When you actually start to look at it, but that's another, another episode. But I think it's really just been to challenge me to, Troy, be that voice, you know, not just in the counseling room, not just, you know, when you're speaking on a, a podcast, but, you know, do I live with that sense of hope myself? You know, how is my heart vulnerable? And it is. It has been challenged over even this last month, probably more than ever that I can remember. But to, rem- to remain and to find this place of hope, is like, I need this. My heart can get sick really easy just simply from that heart not being guarded. And as a result of that, I don't get the longing of fulfillment of life as the second part of that verse. And so, you know, in addition to just being a challenge for me to be a voice of hope, is to rem- just to remind myself and remind other people around me in all walks of life 
um, that there are many times in life where we are going to be helpless. And to be helpless does not have to mean that we're hopeless. Mm -hmm. And so the, the only question is this, look, we are never hopeless. There is always hope. We have to just simply go to the place of what is that? That is where being, you know, the help coming in. And so I have to accept that. There's times I'm just going to be helpless, but never hopeless. Yeah. And I think through where scripture says, when, when I am weak is when he is strong. Yeah, that's, that, that's kind of, you know, the way I was hearing that is because there, there are oftentimes when I'm helpless, mm -hmm. I'm weak. And, and sometimes I feel like I have to muster up the, the strength. I have to muster yeah. up the hope or whatever it is. And what I really need to do is to surrender and, and realize, oh, no, no. That's where God works through me, where he becomes the voice of hope through me instead of me having to mm. kind of manufacture that and be the voice myself. Oh, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. So anyway, so um, obviously uh, Voice of Hope is, is up and running and we are excited to be able to just encourage you in any way that we can. And so there are a bunch of different ways that you can um, can find kind of more of what we're doing Uh Troy and Kim and Agape Counseling is just a great place for you to go, especially if you feel like you need to talk to someone about this hope in Jesus. And so you can go to agape-counseling.org, um, or you can go, if you want just some resources, um, you can go to equipandencourage.com, which just has some articles and some blogs and some things that you can um, can can hopefully read that will encourage you. And uh, next time, we're going to be talking about uh, a new website that uh, is going to be kind of up and running uh, on all of this. And so we are just hoping that we are a voice of hope for you. Well, thanks for joining us today on A Voice of Hope. We hope you enjoyed that conversation. And don't forget, you can always get more information about the ministry at mi1.net. That's mi1.net. We'll talk to you next time on A Voice of Hope. <laughs>